Welcome to the Live, Feel, Be podcast. I'm your host, JRV, and today we're going to be talking about rest and recuperation. I actually had a different topic to talk about today, but I don't know, something is just telling me to talk about rest today, maybe to remind myself of something or to remind whoever is listening to this in whatever time and space about something super important, super necessary, and that I'm never probably going to stop talking about because I love to sleep, okay? I love it, and I actually just woke up from a nap, and it was an amazing nap, and it was so necessary. So I wanted to, I don't know, it was just a topic for right now. (laughs) I think there's two parts to resting and it really matters the way that you do it I think our norm is to come back like a societal norm is to come back and turn on the TV and just sit sit down in front of the TV and you know watch TV (laughs) watch TV until it's time to go to sleep and even when it's time to go to sleep you don't because of a new term that I learned a little while back which is revenge bedtime procrastination we give so much of our lives in the daytime to you know everything else outside that when you finally have that little time at the end of the day to rest, not only do you spend it, you know, most likely what I used to do at least, doing something that's not really productive or I shouldn't say productive or not really something that's nourishing for you. I think we're conditioned to choose the easiest thing, which is being in a kind of zombie-like receptive state instead of a flow-like receptive state. And so you automatically come home and turn on the TV because that's what that's what's modeled for us as normal, um, either by the TV or TV shows itself, you know, um, your colleagues at work, your parents. That's what's modeled as normal and what most people do. However, when it comes time to, you know, get up and go to sleep so that you can be arrested for the next day, it's not something most of us do. It's because we, as people, according to, you know, their definition, I Googled it so I could look it up and be all official for this (laughs) new round of the podcast. It's where people who don't have much control over their daytime life refuse to sleep early in order to regain some sense of freedom during late night hours. And I completely found myself resonating with that because when I was younger and I didn't have anywhere to be, I'd just stay up late because I wanted to, because I was watching something cool or I was reading a really nice book. But now I find that even if I'm not doing anything 
on those nights that I do have revenge bedtime procrastination kick in, I'm just vegged out. And if I'm watching TV, I'm watching like a show. I mean, it can be an okay show. There aren't that many shows that like really grip me and make me want to stay up. So I actually don't watch that much TV anymore. But I find that it's easier to do with things that are automatic, like automatically scrolling on your social media, automatically turning on the TV. And for things that are actually nourishing for me, like reading or writing, those kind of receptive states of flow, they're they're the ones that require me to be well rested actually so i'm not really able to perform my best if i'm doing any type of creative work when i do this revenge procrastination at bedtime but if it's something that's empty and just to pass the time i'm actually pretty my brain is able to just scroll and scroll away for hours and just imbibe and just soak up nonsense late night television or reality shows. Reality shows were a big one. And this was back when, you know, I didn't, I wasn't aware, I wasn't cognizant of what I was doing and this habit that I was doing. And then it kind of kicked in earlier this year when I was really in my very depressed state and I could just only do so much but I still had this phenomenon occurring. And I learned about this, I think I learned about this maybe like a year and a half ago. I had already broken the habit of scrolling through Instagram for empty satisfaction. And I had already pretty much stopped watching a lot of TV and I was more so into like watching lifestyle vlogs on YouTube and kind of educational or growth-oriented material is what I was more into. So watching the late night stuff and the reality show, that was stuff that I did mainly like in college and then when I was in, you know, further education, grad school to pass the time if I didn't want to like go to sleep because I had all these dumb classes during the day. And honestly, at that time, you can do that because if I didn't want to go to class, I just didn't go and I would still make up the work. I'd still be fine. I'd get a good grade. But now that you have a job or that I have a job, we feel the effects. And so true rest allows you to recuperate from whatever you went through and recharges you. And I think this phenomenon of bedtime procrastination is a real example of what is not true rest, what is kind of just a way to pass through life 
like I said before, it passes the time. It allows you to stay up doing something you want. You feel autonomous. You feel in control. Even if it's not conscious, it's subconscious. And I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling um, at the end of the day or on your day off. If you're like me and you don't have anyone to answer to and you don't have any responsibilities, you can choose to either use your day off to catch up on life and catch up on your health, all your health appointments, or use that day for rest. And sometimes that day is spent, when it was spent procrastinating, it was spent just doing things that weren't fulfilling for me. Now I am better about choosing intentionally, choosing the things that really do recharge me and help me assess my life and feel into my life and check in with myself on these days of rest or periods of rest. After finding what works for me, I mean, at this stage in the game, I feel like I have a good handle on the two phases of this process, rest and recuperation, because I know it works for me. I know who works for me in terms of being able to rest around. I think we all know those people that when you get around them, you've got, you got to be doing something. You guys have to be talking about something. I'm the type of person that the, my favorite people are the people that I can just do nothing with. I can do nothing with. We can sit in silence. Like, if I can sit down in the same room with you and we're chilling, I'm reading or writing, you are doing whatever you're doing that you enjoy, and it can just be calm and collected and a vibe. Like, you're one of my favorite people. That's a moment that you can't have with just anyone, especially people that don't know how to rest and rest well. So it's really important also to choose who you want around you in these resting times. And that goes for anything, your relationship, your friendships. Um, that goes for work itself because you know your girl. I don't, I don't check anything on my days off. I don't check anything on my days off. I barely check my email as it is, even on my days on. So that's another boundary, I guess I would say is important to establish your routine. I think our society also kind of convinces us that the grind culture, the hustle culture, the overperforming at your job is a part of the whole shindig when it's really not it's all shenanigans they'll replace you just like that if you collapse tomorrow and are unable to come into work there's always someone there that can replace you and do your job for most things for most things for the masses yes this is true and i think we've all seen it happen either in our lives or in the news, especially with the pandemic, as people get sick, they're just, 
it's crazy how we don't value human life enough to allow it to rest and recuperate and recharge and regain its vitality as a culture. We just, we value more so beating that down and using that, extracting each and every atom of energy or particle of energy from that being and then discarding it. It's crazy. (laughs) I think what I'm seeing now, which is so beautiful to see, and this is an example that I'm going to use for the collective part of this podcast, um, is like black women now I've seen on my social media a lot of the thought leaders and activists that I follow they're all leaning into their rest because we talked about doing the good work for what for whatever it is for you whatever it is doing that good work it's still work it's still labor And you still deserve rest. You still deserve to recharge. And I'm seeing a lot of thought leaders put up boundaries and really emphasize and start to lean in and value their rest. Whereas previous generations didn't. They didn't. Not only, you know, it's it's a nuanced and complex fact. Like, it's just very nuanced and complex thing, process, I guess, as a woman, as a black woman, because of our different socializations and the emphasis culture places or culture and media place on, you know, the opposite gender being thought leaders and activists and making their voices louder. It's it's just refreshing to see a lot of women that I follow lean into their rest and take that rest after doing the good work for so long. And either even if they are receiving the credit, there's still space that they recognize should be set for recuperation and recharging and that we can't give and give and give at all times, even if we love the work that we're doing. There is a time and place. There is ebb and flow of energy for a reason. For you to be able to create your beautiful work, impactful work, you have to be able to give and effectively, efficiently lean into and allow that to flow. That's a kind of, that's a different energy than going out and, you know, just performing um, for your job or whatever other superficial thing you have going on that doesn't really mean much to you. It takes true rest to give authentically and give creatively. You can't create something that you're proud of from a place of emptiness and being spent. 
and that is that is lived experience right there <laughs> I feel like I talk about it a lot because it's it's one of my frames of references for why I am so committed and literally this is I feel like I'm a new person because I went through the earlier half of this year and I began to really understand what the value of some of these things were, the value of knowing yourself and loving yourself and leaning into your voice and accepting your voice, embracing it, and the value of rest and real rest, true rest, not just a random wellness event that is labeled a wellness event so that you know, your job or your corporation can take a box and say, yeah, we're providing areas for our employees to rest and recharge. Unless your job really values that, it's highly unlikely that that is allowing you the time and space to really refuel. And always, always, always overlying this is the kind of spiritual aspect of rest I think that that is the time that you allow yourself to connect with whatever higher power you believe in I've always looked at religions that you know always have you doing so much like I get that there's a time and space for ritual I get that there is a time and space for ceremony and for honoring but always doing, doing, doing. I think because I grew up, um, you know, I grew up Christian and in church culture. And actually one of my very good friends is a pastor's daughter. And, you know, I've been friends with other people that were heavily involved in church and were pastor's kids or a part of the serving committee or whatever. And, I've seen the church run people ragged too, which doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. I don't understand how a place of rest and of receiving is used to run people ragged and do, just do too much. Like I've seen churches that really just do too much. You're always doing something. Your congregation is tired. Like, not only that, you're not even pouring into your congregation in the way that is for growth. It's all to be doing something, to look like we're doing something, or to expand, expand, expand. Like, that's the goal. I don't think that that should be the goal of any type of faith-based group. I think the goal should be to have your lived experience be your testimony and be what brings in others to openness about the great spirit, spirituality, about your higher power and about understanding another's higher power and not in the mission to convert them because yours is so great. I mean, that's just a function of you happening to be born into whatever family and culture you were born in. That doesn't really mean anything. The chances are 
they're insane. That's what they are. And when you combine that with like generations of people that have walked this earth before you, I don't, I also don't understand how we condemn those ancient religions, but I am digressing definitely. Spiritual rest is so important. You have to find what works for you. If your current religion doesn't work for you, you got to be open to exploring something else that you can figure out works for you. That's the challenge with this podcast for today. The challenge is to figure out what kind of rest works for you spiritually, emotionally, financially. Baby boy, I love free things, okay? All right, financial rest is a big thing. Spiritually, emotionally, financially, physically, mentally, meditation, okay? I've been getting so many messages to meditate for the past like month and not like from people, like just messages from the universe. And I started and I can see the difference, okay? I really can. It's it's hectic. <laughs> the Bath and Chronicles affirmation for this episode is simple. I allow myself to rest. That's all you need, that's all you want, that's all you got. <laughs> this has been the Live Feel Be podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. In whatever time and space you're listening to this episode in, if you happen to be listening at all, I've been your host, Jeremy, and I will catch you on the next one.